Hi, and welcome to Heart to Heart, a Kingdom Hearts podcast, where I, Austin, explain the Kingdom Hearts series to my friends. hey It's me, Cronus. Welcome to 2022. Um, hope everybody had great holidays. I don't know when this is going up, but... Oh, well. A couple weeks. <laughs> Hello! It's me, Darylise. Uh... 2022 is growing great. I'm sorry, I'm in uh, D&D headspace. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, let's do some Kingdom Hearts and let's have some good fun. Yes! Go! Riley here, ready to rock and roll. Getting in with a big K-H, capital K, capital H. Let's do this. Yes, capital K, capital H. <laughs> Do you guys remember what we talked about last time? No. no, not at all. Last time we read the diaries? Nope. Oh, that was the time before, I think. Yep. I always do that. I always Wait, do. no, we went... We got introduced to Aqua Terra and Ventus, not Venice. Correct. I'd like to go one day. (laughs) (laughs) Correct. Uh, Yeah. Group outing to Venice. Thank you. Um, Also, the Venetus guy is Ven's uh, evil plucked on out. And Terra really was out here just believing everybody that said that they were good because Homie was sheltered. They were all sheltered. But he couldn't become like a master in his thingy-mabob because there was evil in his heart or something like that. Or darkness. Yeah, darkness. They don't say the word evil a lot in Kingdom Hearts. See, the thing is, is that because I took this quiz and got Tara, I listened to Tara's thing. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. You gotta know. These things called Unverse started appearing everywhere. Uh, Master Xehanort disappeared, so Tara, Aqua, and Ventus's master, Ericus, sent them out to go figure out what the fuck's going on. Uh, Terra went to a few worlds. He met the three princesses of heart that we didn't see get captured in Kingdom Hearts 1 and who were the three stained glasses that Sora went to at the beginning of Kingdom Hearts 1. A Snow White, uh, Aurora, and Cinderella. And then he got like a phone call, but it was really in his head, from Master Xehanort who said like, Terra, come find me. That's what Terra did. And Master Xehanort was like, yo, uh, I, I plucked Venetus out of Ventus uh, and the Unversed are, have to do with him. So go go find him. I think he's going to go to Radiant Garden. And Terra was like, don't worry, Master. I'll take care of him. And flew off on his Keyblade hoverboard thing. And so we go to Radiant Garden. And it, you know, this used this will eventually become Hollow Bastion and then return to Radiant Garden. Uh, but it's a very pretty city in this olden times. It's got a lot of plazas and, as you might imagine, some like gardens all over the place. Uh, and we see in like a main plaza, the central, the central square, we see Ven running through town. 
and then we see Terra uh, come into this center of town, and he happens to see Scrooge McDuck walking around town too. Uh, and as he's like gonna go the same direction as Scrooge, um, a bunch of unversed appear. So Terra calls out, "Unverse!" and then summons his Keyblade. This can only mean Master Xehanort was right. Uh, and so Terra fights off these unversed. After finishing them off, we see that we see that Master Xehanort is walking behind Terra and like turns down a road on the in the town. And Terra notices him and starts to follow after him. Wait, Master, what's Master Xehanort doing here? Maybe he found something out. And while looking for Xehanort, Terra sees Merlin appear in a puff of smoke. Oh, why can't I ever seem to remember this address exactly? And Terra looks to see Merlin has dropped a book, it appears. Uh, and Merlin enters a, a close-by house. Uh, so Terra picks up the book and takes it to Merlin. He says, uh, excuse me, your elderness. Huh? <laughs> and Terra holds out the book, whose title is Winnie the Pooh. I believe you dropped this book. Did I? And uh, Terra places the book on the podium. Oh, I'm very sad to say this one isn't, this isn't one of mine. But what a remarkable book it is. This unassuming volume seems to have the unusual effect of awakening one's innermost abilities. A book that makes people stronger? If it's all right, your elderness, might I have a closer look? The name is Merlin. I'm a powerful wizard, and I'll have you know a lot of wisdom comes with age. Anyway, as I said, the book is not mine, but I'd be happy to keep it here for you. Thank you, Merlin. So you can go up to the book, but all you do is unlock another map for... There's kind of like a... A Mario Party like board game mini game in this in Birth by Sleep. And it just unlocks a new board for that, basically. Okay. Doesn't actually have to go to Winnie the Pooh. So Cronus can can breathe easy. Uh but as Terra exits Merlin's house, a large unversed flies by uh and continues on further into town. So Terra chases it. Uh eventually he reaches a rooftop area. Where he stops, and while looking for the unversed, Aqua and Ven come running up behind him. Both Terra and Aqua call out, Ven! And Ven calls out, Terra! Aqua! And all three summon their keyblades as three large unversed appear and join together to create a big unversed that is very similar to guard armor, but this one's called Trinity Armor. Mm. And it can separate out more freely, and each each part does a bit more damage than like guard armor. Um, but together, uh, they they jump into battle with it and eventually defeat it. Got him. We make a good team. Sure do. Oh, yeah, I got you these tickets. And Ven pulls out three tickets that read Disney Town Plas Disney Town Passport on their front. For what? Lifetime passes to Disney Town. And Ven gives each of them uh, a, a ticket. He said to... He said to take two grown-ups. You mean us? And both Aqua and Tara laugh. Listen to me, Ven. We need to get you home. It's okay, Aqua. Trust me. That guy in the mask is history. He'll never badmouth Tara again. 
Tara gasps and grabs Ven's shoulder. You saw the boy in the mask? Uh, yes? Vanitas. Ven, you need to let Aqua take you home. No way. I want to go with you guys. You can't. We have a dangerous task ahead of us, and I don't want you to get hurt. What is this dangerous task, Tara? It doesn't sound like what the master told you to do. It might be a different route, but I'm fighting the darkness. I'm not so sure. I've been to the same worlds as you, and I've seen what you've done. You shouldn't put yourself so close to the darkness. Listen to yourself, Aqua. Tara would never... You mean you've been spying on me? Is that what he said to do? The master's orders? He was only... And then everybody's silent. Aqua? I get it. And Tara turns to leave. Tara! Tara stops for a second. Just stay put. I'm on my own now, alright? And Tara walks away. Aqua calls after him. Tara, please, listen. The master has no reason to distrust you. Really. He was just worried. But Tara doesn't stop and just continues forward. While walking further into town, or back, back towards the center of town, uh, Tara says to himself, Master Xehanort is the only one I can still count on. And then a voice calls out, You must be Tara. And a mysterious man in a uniform and red scarf stop in Tara's path. And let me just send you guys a photo of this man. Yeah, so this mysterious man up in a uniform with a red scarf appears in front of Tara's path. It's that old coot. He won't stop asking for you. I came out here to get you just so he'd clam up. What do you mean? <laughs> do I have to spell it out for you? Xehanort, whatever he's called. You know, my prisoner. And Tara chuckles. <laughs> You're apparently not a very good liar. Master Xehanort would never let himself be caught by a thug like you. As if. I've got the old coot at my mercy. See for yourself. I'm holding him underneath the outer gardens. You better show up before I lose my patience. Ciao. And the man turns away and walks away. There's no way that's true, but no harm in looking. He, go, he goes to this outer gardens area uh, and has to like go underground. And it's this big industrial area. And he's on an overhang there. And he looks around and he's trying to find Master Xehanort. Uh, and Tara gasps and turns around and sees Xehanort is chained up to a large pipe. Master Xehanort! Master Xehanort raises his head and looks at Tara. The old coot certainly knows how to take punishment, just like I know how to deal it out. You monster! What are you after? And Tara summons his keyblade. That thing right there. It's called a keyblade, isn't it? Yep, seems like these days everybody's got one of those. Even Grandpa here. When I nabbed him, he told me all about it. What a weapon like that can do. How could I not want one? Well, you'll find they're picky about their owners. <laughs> if I heard the old guy right, you're what they call Keyblade Master Material. So if I defeat you, that makes me the real Keyslinger. If you catch my drift. Not the most polite way to go about it, but what can you do? And Terra starts to charge toward this, towards this man, who we know as Brig. The somebody that will eventually turn into Zigbar. Uh-uh, one more step and the old coot goes boom. You think I'm gonna fight fair? As if. That key is too powerful for us to go mano a mano. Bragg is just firing uh, 
lasers from his arrow guns at Terra, and Terra's just blocking them, but keeps getting knocked back. <laughs> For Keyblade Master, you're not very, what's the word, good? Uh, Terra lifts himself up a little bit, and Xehanort, from in the distance, calls out, What are you doing, Terra? Fight! But Master, you'll... Never mind me. You must fight. You can't let this ruffian win. Think of your master, Ericus. The shame he and your fellow pupils would be forced to bear. Use the Keyblade. Terra stands up and focuses his power. <laughs> so much for the bluff. Uh, and Terra and Break fight. At the end of the fight, Terra raises his Keyblade and is surrounded in a dark aura. And he, like, swipes at Brig with his Keyblade and, and a volley of darkness blasts at Brig and meets his face at his right eye and knocks him over. He grabs at his eye and Terra fires another one at close range, which ricochets off Brig's face and hits the chains, binding Master Xehanort to the pipe. The chains fall, releasing Xehanort, and Brig stands up holding his face in pain and jumps forward towards the entrance and flees. This power... Well done, Terra. And Xehanort, now freed, is walking towards Terra. You have taken yet another step forward. But I was consumed by anger. Hatred. That was the power of darkness. Darkness that you channeled. Terra lowers his keyblade and then releases it. No, I succumbed to it. Just like when I stole Princess Aurora's heart of, heart of light. I can never return home now. I'm a failure. Then don't. You could be my pupil. And Terra looks up and g gasps. Master Ericus, you see, is so afraid of darkness that he too has succumbed. Not to darkness, but to light. It shines so brightly, he forgets that light begets darkness. And Aqua and Ventus, their lights shine too bright. It is only natural that they cast shadows on your heart. Ericus, he's such a fool. Light and darkness, they are a balance, one that must always be maintained. Terra, you are the one who shows the true mark of mastery, but he refuses to see it. And I know why. It is because he fears you. Join me. You and I could do the world's much greater good by wielding light and darkness in equal shares. Master Xehanort. And Xehanort shakes his head slightly. See more worlds. Seek out the darkness that it's... Seek out the darkness that upsets the balance. Find Vanitas and bring an end to him, Master Terra. And Terra gasps and stands up straight and bows to Master Xehanort. And Xehanort walks off. Terra leaves the underground and comes back up to the outer gardens. And... Ventus comes running up towards him. Terra, take me with you. I can't do that, Ven. But wh why not? I just... When I really need you, Ven, I know you'll be there. And Ven smiles and laughs. Well, why wouldn't I? You're my friend. Yeah, you're right. Thanks, Ven. And Terra taps his pauldron to activate his Keyblade armor hops on his Keyblade Glider, and flies off in a portal to the lanes between. But back underneath the Outer Gardens, Xehanort stands staring into water below. Hey, you old coot! And a, an arrow gun is aimed at Xehanort's back. 
uh, Greg fires some shots, but they're reflected by magic. You said I wouldn't get hurt. I didn't sign up to be collateral damage. Break holds one of his air guns right up to Xehanort's head. No way. As if. And Xehanort summons his keyblade at his side and swings it up towards Bragg's throat, leaning it just centimeters away. Uh, Bragg leans back, shocked and scared. Okay, okay, fine, fine. Just put that down. You still need me. You still need me to do something, right? All I'm asking is that you hold up your end of the bargain. Xehanort releases his keyblade and Bragg, relieved, relaxes. <laughs> I mean, what's a little scratch on my face, huh? All things considered, I'm just lucky he didn't steal my heart, like Princess whatever it was. That would have ruined my week for sure. Unlikely. A powerful light still lives inside of Terra. You see, people like him, they don't have the power to steal hearts. So, so wait, you mean he's not the one who stole her heart? And Xehanort smiles. Returning to Terra, he flies through the lanes between and arrives at Disney Town. Walks through a field with balloons next to a dirt road, and he stops and looks towards that road and sees Unversed moving along it. He calls out Unversed and summons his keyblade and rushes into the road, but the Unversed are already too far away. Uh, he releases his keyblade and tries to activate his armor, but. Look out! And a guy in a costume driving a purple and black cart, uh, like a go kart, is racing towards Terra. Uh, Terra jumps out of the way and stands up and then looks over and sees Queen Minnie, Chip, Dale, and Pluto. Uh, so he he goes over to where they are, and it's at this entrance to a raceway. Thanks for piping up back there. I mean it. Uh, my name's Terra. It's nice to meet you, Terra. What are you, nuts? Running out in the course like that? Yeah, that's against the rules. I'm sure you had your reasons, but I can't say that I approve either. Well, rules don't apply when you're up against the unversed. Rules don't apply? You sound just like Pete. <gasps> Look, it's Captain Dark. And Captain Dark, disguise... Captain Dark, it's clearly Pete in an outfit that looks like a kind of shitty superhero. It says, Disguised in shadows, the rogue racer reigns. And he jumps off a bridge and lands in front of them. I am Captain Dark. And he starts walking towards them. And you must be the chump who made me miss a new track record. Hold on. How's come I don't know you? Somebody bringing in a ringer? Uh, no, I'm not even a racer. And Captain Dark puts his arm around Terra. Must be downright temptatious to try and stop a primo racer like me from getting the record. But we all gotta play by the rules, rookie. Captain Dark turns and starts walking away. Now just one second. You're a no-good cheater who's always breaking the rules. I can't say racing interests me, but I need to defeat the unversed. Tell me what I've gotta do. Are you talking about all those carts that look scary and like ugly monsters? Terra nods. Hmm. Then Minnie. Well... We've only seen the monsters on the track. That's it. Terra, you just need to enter the race. And while you're at it, take that Captain Dark down a notch or two. He's always breaking the rules and causing trouble. I have to become a racer? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Now, I'm sure I don't have to tell you. I know. I'll play by the rules. And Minnie laughs happily. Yay! Tara's gonna be a new racer! Just come talk to me whenever you're ready, and I'll get you signed up and everything. So we play a racing minigame where we race against a bunch of unversed and Pete in a costume. I gotta say, uh, I know we're just always on about your Barbosa voice, but your Pete voice is also really impressive. Like, I don't know why you gotta come out here and be like, oh, NBD, I'm just a master improv artist or improv impressionist. Austin really be doing the most when it comes to voices. Mm-hmm. He is. I'm just trying to make them distinct enough so people know who it is since they there's this is not a visual <laughs> medium. You're really good at it. I was over there, obviously y'all saw, but not people listening don't know. I wasn't sitting at my desk. I was wandering around my room getting stuff like water and food and stuff to sit down. And I'm just listening in my headphones and I can see fucking Pete like verbatim that voice is Pete, and I just... I'm immersed. Good job, Austin. Thank you. <laughs> I forget I'm on the podcast, not just listening to one. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we play a racing minigame, but after the race... My cart must have sprung a spring. You yahoos, just wait till next time. I'll clobber all of ya. And he hops in his, to his cart and races off. Yippee! I hope he's done for good. Nobody's going to vote for a weasel like you, Pete. Pete, vote? What are you talking about? Chip means the Million Dreams Award. It's a very popular part of our dream festival. Everyone in town votes for who we think is the most exemplary citizen. And since everyone knows how much of a troublemaker Pete is, he probably figured wearing a, wearing a disguise was the only way he'd get any votes. No votes, no prize. Yeah, the prize is all he really wants anyway. He doesn't care about being a good citizen. Trying to do a different Chippendale is so fucking difficult, though. <laughs> I can't do good ones of those. Oh, I think that's very sad. The award is supposed to help us appreciate how much we all look out for each other every day. Well, one thing I know for sure, I'm voting for Terra. Your racing really saved the day against those monster carts. Hip hip hooray for Terra! And Terra chuckles. Well... I got something out of it, too. I learned that you don't always have to bend the rules to reach your goals. And Minnie laughs happily. All this time I've been staring to the darkness, but that doesn't mean I have to jump in. Yeah, that will happen later. Sorry. It gives me some extra potential scenes that we will see in a different character's playthrough. But I guess since there's an op... Whoever you played last, you get some extra scenes about the, the award ceremony. Uh, so... They're slightly different based on who's there. Oh, okay. I like little details like that. Tara, having finished his race in Disney Town, heads out and arrives at Olympus Coliseum. And we see a young, skinny, scrawny Herc fighting against some unversed. And he gets knocked down. So Tara, just arriving here, rushes over to help him. Stay back. And uh, Terra fights off this wave of unversed and then turns to Hercules. You okay? Uh-huh. Yeah, thanks. And Terra helps him up. I guess they were too much for me. I'm just gonna have to train harder. You're pretty tough. 
You really handled those things. Are you here to enter the games? What games? The games games. To see who's the strongest. One day I'm going to win them all and become a true hero. Herc, where are you? Front and center right now, or I'm tackling on another thousand laps. Uh-oh, gotta go. The Coliseum's just up ahead. I hope I get to see you fight there sometime. A competition? Hmm. And, uh, and Herc runs off. I should find out how strong I really am. So, Terra walks towards the Coliseum and runs into Hades, who is walking out of the Coliseum. Jeez Louise, one chump after another. <laughs> It's like a who's who of decathlon disasters around here. All I need is one measly warrior tough enough to give Zeus a jolt of his own medicine. And he looks over and sees Terra. Wait, wait. Dark, moody, powerful. Yes, he's perfect. This is it. How sad is this? Uh-huh. And Hades appears next to Terra. Pains me to see it. What? All that power going to waste. And who are you? Name is Hades, Lord of the Dead, God of the Underworld, yada yada. Uh, how you doing? Well, let me guess, you're trying to put, a put the kibosh on the darkness inside you, am I right? Of course I'm right. Well, anyway, bad idea. Wait, what? Okay, stay with me here. Darkness is inside everybody. Nothing to be ashamed of. You play nice with it, and darkness will be your best friend. But if you go and get all self-conscious and refuse to face it, the darkness will run over you like a debutante at a toga cell. And then where are you? Nowhere. Now me, I look at you and I see potential. That's right, kid. You got the potential to conquer the darkness inside you. And I'll even give you some pointers. I mean, believe me, if anything knows about con if anybody knows conquering, I know conquering. Uh, well, let's hear it then. How do I conquer the darkness? Easy. You sign up for the games. I know, I know. Please, Lord Hades, the games. But hey, would you, you'd be really surprised what you can learn in the heat of battle. And don't worry, I'll be right there to guide you every step of the way. I'm kind of what you'd call an expert in the art of darkness. Oh, oh, and decide fast. This is a limited time. This is a limited time offer. I love Hades so much. <laughs> oh, don't you just love Tara getting manipulated by every villain he runs into? <laughs> <laughs> so Tara and Hades head into the, the vestibule together to sign up for the games. So when are you going to tell me how to conquer the darkness? Hold your chariot horses. And Hades summons a quill and parchment. You would not believe the bureaucracy involved with these things. Name? Terra. Kind of earthy, but all right. Now height and wait. And Hades glances over his shoulder and writes things down on parchment. What's this? Favorite god? <laughs> Come on, Hades. There. Ba-boom. Easy peasy. And Hades sends the quill and parchment away with smoke. I sense that you're already starting to get all warm and fuzzy with that darkness inside you. It's sweet, really. And hey, by the time you win the final match here, you'll figure out how to conquer it for good. And don't worry, anything goes wrong, and I'll make it all go away. Service with a smile. I got it. And Hades laughs and grins evilly as Terra enters the Colosseum for his first match. After the first few rounds of, uh, of the tournament, uh, Terra re-enters the Colosseum, like, uh the entryway where you sign up and you talk to whoever is going to sign you up for games and stuff. Okay, this is not what I had in mind, uh, but hey, I can improvise. Time for plan beta. Uh, pardon me, coming through. I'm going to miss my match. We see a young soldier wearing a helmet walk past Hades. Hello, plan beta. Hey, kid. Huh? Over here, come here. Uh, and then we see Terra 
waiting out the side of the Colosseum for his next opponent. And he's thinking to himself, once I've conquered the darkness in my heart, I'll never fear it again. And then his opponent enters the Colosseum, and it is that same soldier that was just talking to Hades. Uh, and they both pop into the arena itself and start fighting. Tear wins and Zach collapse uh, and the soldier collapses and his helmet flies off when he does. Um, Tara, you know, believing he's won, turns to leave, but the opponent stands back up behind him and is now covered in a dark aura and attacking him. Stop it. The match is over. Uh, but the soldier just keeps attacking him. He was a pushover before. What's gotten into him? It's not me. What? I'm not doing this. <gasps> He's being controlled. And Tara has a flashback of what happened with Princess Aurora. Of him being controlled to, to take her heart. And then we see Hades appear in a puff of smoke. Huh? So what do you think? You like my new super warrior? See, right here, this. This is the power of darkness. Could have been yours. Still could. If you open up to it. Hades, you were just playing me. The darkness will never have me. Help me. You've got to set my heart free. So Tara defeats this, this soldier again, uh, and the crowd cheers and confetti falls. Forget it. It looks like I bet on the wrong dark horse. That kid doesn't have what it takes to handle darkness. Uh, and the soldier begins. Hades disappears, and the soldier begins to move on the ground. Tara comes over to him. You gonna make it? Yeah, I'm finally free. Where is... He's gone. And the soldier hits, his, hits the ground with his fist. Man, how could I let a guy like him control me? I'll never live it down. And Tara reaches down to help the soldier up. Uh, thanks, uh, Tara. Thanks, Tara. I I'm Zack. And this is Zack Fair, who is a Final Fantasy VII character, and in that game's lore was like Cloud's mentor. Oh, Cloud's the uh, the blonde one. Yes, the the spiky yellow-headed one. I'm not who... over it. That's his name. Get over it. It's been that way since 1997. Listen, I've been this way since 1998, so we're both. Pretty much equally established. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Tara helps Zach up, and Zach looks closer at Tara as he's standing up. Yep, definitely. Uh, Tara, you're exactly what I pictured a hero would be. Not the way you look, but there's something else about you. And Tara turns his back towards Zach. Well, I'm no hero. Trust me. <laughs> you kidding? Listen to those cheers, man. You don't get to decide if you're a hero or not. They do. And they've already made up their mind whether you like it or not. You're their hero. And Zach gives Tara a friendly smack on the shoulder. And mine too. That's too bad. I really wanted to fight you fair and square. And uh, Tara returns the friendly smack on the shoulder. Maybe someday, Zach. And Zach chuckles and Tara leaves Olympus. Which, uh, knowing what happens to Zach in his own story unlikely <laughs> so Terra is traveling through the lanes between which is basically space uh, on his keyblade glider and he looks down at his wayfinder 
And when he looks back up, he sees a swarm of unversed floating out here in uh, the lanes between. All the way out here? So while on his Keyblade Glider, glider Terra defeats this wave of this massive like swarm of unversed. They, they kind of look like weird jellyfish things. Uh, and then he looks up to see a large spaceship that begins passing over him. And he's begins being drawn up towards it in a tractor beam. And Terra's freaked out and starts screaming. And then in the prison block of that ship, the ground councilwoman and Gantu walk to a lift and take it up to one of the cells where Terra lays asleep. Is he the one? Yes, ground councilwoman. I've confined him until we can determine what, did he, what he is. And Terra begins to stir. He sits up, looks around, and hears some blaster fire and rushes to the door of his cell. Take over. Leave it to me to handle these fiends. Whatever you are, you're under arrest. You're, you're under arrest. Eventually. Uh, so the Grand Councilwoman and Gantu run for the doors of the prison block. Unversed. And so Terra summons his Keyblade and actually uses it to open his, like, force field doors of his cell. Uh, and then comes out and calls to the Unversed. I'll give you a fight. And he does. And then as he's finishing up a kind of portly six-armed alien man falls over very impressive display and Tara looks over to see this alien uh, in a cell and tries to walk past wait you help I have been imprisoned on ridiculous charges is that so I am an innocent scientist who created galaxy's most destructive uh, constructive species of all time why, my experiment could annihilate creatures the creatures you fought so hard. He is bulletproof, fireproof, and can think faster than a supercomputer. He can see in the dark and move objects 3,000 times his rather diminutive size. And for reasons preposterous, the Federation Council fears him. They take him away from me and throw me here in small, stuffy, rather badly lit cell. Because he's so powerful? Exactly. Everybody always gets antsy in the pansies when somebody more powerful is in the neighborhood. You understand, perhaps? Terra raises his keyblade and looks at it. We must make to rescue him, or he'll be banished to far reaches of space. Okay, then. Take me to him. And Terra uses the keyblade to unlock Professor Jumba's cell. Experiment 626. I, it's his name I give to adorable fluffy creature you are helping for me to rescue. I am genius scientist who created him, Dr. Jumba Jakuba. I'm Terra. Pleasure is ours. 626 is this way. Hurry. And so Terra and Dr. Jumba uh, run through the spaceship and eventually enter the contamination room where 626 is being held. And we see Stitch. You, you know, everybody should know. Six two, Experiment 626 is Stitch from Lilo and Stitch. Yes. Uh, he's growling in this weird little containment field. Amazing, is he not? Such tremendous power and such itty-bitty package. Truly, he is the one and the only that's mightiest creature of all galaxy. And his only singular interest to destroy everything he touches. See? W what? And Jumba releases the containment field, and 626 responds happily. Uh, and 626 jumps up onto Terra's arm, actually, and crawls all over him for a second, and then jumps up to the ceiling. 
and we notice that he has taken Terra's Wayfinder. Uh, and T Terra notices as well. And it's like, when did you give that back? Too late. It's already marked for destruction. No, stop. My friend gave me that. Terra's like looking rather defeated and 626 stops and looks at this Wayfinder looking curious. Friend, are you joking? And Jumba falls over laughing. Such concept is totally lost on 626. Uh, but 626 drops the Wayfinder and scurries off. Terra walks over and picks the Wayfinder back up. Funny, this whole time I've been telling myself I want to be stronger, more independent. But the second I let my heart do the talking, I find out how little I really know myself. How much I miss them. That experiment, that experiment of yours. Are you sure about him? Maybe in his heart, he wants friends just like the rest of us. Impossible, pshaw. He has no actual feelings, only destructive instincts I have carefully chosen for him. Perhaps, or perhaps you need another demonstration of my evil geniusness. And Jumbo pulls out a small marble-like object and a beaker of water and drops the small object into the beaker and it begins glowing. Jumbo covers his eyes as the object turns into another of his experiments. I forget which number it is, but it's the electric one. I don't remember if he was in the movie or if he was just in the TV show, though. But he was early. But when Terra beats the experiment, it turns back into the small sphere and rolls across the floor to Jumba's feet. Jumba falls to his knees, upset that one of his uh, experiments was defeated. Oh, you'll be all right, little one. Terra walks over to Jumba, uh... And Jumbo looks up at him and then behind him to see where 626's return and is walking towards both of them. What is it? Why have you returned? And he makes some angry noises. <laughs> this is my best stitch. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's beautiful. Thank you. Maybe he's wondering what a friend is. Ridiculous. That almost became French there for a second. So Terra walks up to 626. <laughs> the ridiculous. <laughs> My name is Terra. Terra. Yeah. I can't explain friendship, but when you feel it, you'll know it. Not if I have any say in the matter. You are only meant to think about what it is you will destroy next. Now I fix what is wrong with you. And 626X angrily towards Jumba. Then the intercom calls out, Red alert, red alert. Experiment 626 and two prisoners have escaped from the cell bay. Security, locate the fugitives immediately. Repeat, experiment 626 and two prisoners. And 626 makes a break for it, but Jumba calls out, Not so fast. Well, I can't stay here and get caught. So Terra summons his keyblade and opens a portal to the lanes between and puts on his keyblade armor. Hops on his keyblade glider, looks down at his wayfinder. Van, Aqua, I'll find, I'll find some way to make things right. And he flies through a portal back to the lanes between. And he flies off to Neverland. Terra arrives on a cliff and hears two men screaming as they're being attacked by Unversed. What are they? I don't know how to do a shmee. What are they, Captain? Pretty Back! Good. You'll not get me, treasure. Leave them to me. And Terra summons his keyblade. Uh, after Terra 
finishes off these unversed, the two men return. If I desired your assistance, I'd have demanded it. We have the situation under the con- We had the situation under control. Isn't that right, Smee? Oh, oh, yes, Captain. Completely, we would have cleaved those fiends to risk it, we would. Why, I'd have given them a little of this, and a little of this. <laughs> and don't think your efforts mean you'll get a share of my treasure, understand? I'm not after your precious box, Captain. I'm looking for a person. A boy, wearing a mask? Ring any bells? N no, no, not a one. Figures. Smee, you blithering barnacle, we're off. We shall leave this place before the light draws them back again. Oh, hey, hold on. What did you say about the light? And Captain Hook is back towards Terra, grins evilly for a second. Ah, yes, it's heartbreaking, really. This chest, you see, contains light gathered from all around. And I got an acquaintance, a boy who's sure to try and seize it. A boy who's after the light? If it's not Vanitas, then who? Hey. Why don't I help you keep the light safe? Maybe you could tell me more about this boy who's troubling you? What's his name? Peter Pan. This chest must be brought to Skull Rock safely. Don't let Peter Pan anywhere near it. Right, I've got you covered. So Tara travels all across Neverland, eventually helping them get to Skull Rock with their, their big chest that they've found. Well done. <laughs> And Tara looks around. Pardon me, Kevin. What is about that shooting star I was mentioning to you? Mr. Smee, I ordered you to drop that. I'll not have you gushing on about some shooting star. But, Kevin, most, most shooting stars twinkle for a bit, and then they go out. But this one, it kept on sparkling and shining, even after it crashed down. Why, what if it's a really big, enormous, priceless gemstone? Idiot! Why didn't you tell me? Captain Hook approaches Terra. Ahem. We've a bit of business to attend to that... Uh, to attend to, and must, I fear, step away. I trust you can see the things till I return. Sure. When Peter Pan gets here, I'll be waiting. Captain Hook and Smee leave. After they're gone, Terra is on the lookout. But up above him... Peter Pan. Shh. That old codfish... Looks like he's found himself a new flunky. I'll fly down and distract him, men. You move in and nab the treasure. And he's talking to two of his lost boys that are they're all up on this ledge overlooking Skull Rock. So he flies above Terra, but Terra spots him and summons the Keyblade. Are you Peter Pan? That's me. The light is not yours to take. What do you want with the light? Light? What light? And then one of the lost boys, look, Pan, we got the chest. And they start walking off with the chest. No, not yet, you blockheads. Hey, and Tara tries to take, af take off after them. Uh, but they trip and fall to the ground and spill all the treasure out of the. Oh, I my bad. I think between the light is not yours to take and what do you want with the light? There was a fight between Peter Pan. And I haven't really talked about it much, but when you go into a fight, sometimes there'll be an objective that appears in the top left corner of the screen. I just have to bring this one up because it's very funny. Because it's just called Put Peter Pan in His Place. And I love that. I like that. Hmm. Excuse me. Uh, but the Lost Boys 
trip and spill the treasure, and it is like gold and jewels and stuff. That hurt. Oh, sorry. Now, what's this? Pirate treasure, of course. Jewels, doubloons, you know, the usual stuff. I've been guarding a pile of loot? Sounds like you've been tricked. I'll say. I owe you an apology. I picked a fight over nothing. Ah, uh, it was all in good fun. Not every day I get to fight such a good swordsman. Say, what's your name, anyway? Tara. Right then, Tara. Which way did Hook go? Which way did Hook go? They said something about a shooting star. Shooting star? Tinkerbell must be in danger. Men, guard that treasure with your lives. And Peter Pan flies off. Aye, aye, sir. You go and get him, Pan. I should be on my way. And Tara starts to walk out of Skull Rock. And, but as he leaves, uh, the island begins to like rumble. And we hear the Lost Boys call, It's a monster! Somebody help! So Tara runs back in and finds them running away from a huge swarm of unversed. Tara pulls out his keyblade and starts fighting these unversed. Uh, but throughout the fight, they end up knocking the chest uh, away from the treasure. I think most of the treasure falls into the water. Uh, but after the fight, the Lost Boys come back. Boy, you sure cut that monster down to size. Shush. Shh. And Hook calls calls out, Oi, how fair you, lad. And Lost Boys, Hook, go hide. And they rush off and go hide. All's well. Captain Hook enters and approaches Terra. What's that? And Captain Hook's holding up a lantern with Tinkerbell inside. Tinkerbell. One of Peter Pan's dearest friends. Can I take a look? And Captain Hook hands the lantern and turns his back to Tara. So long as I have his precious pixie, Pan's demise is all but assured, and begins to laugh. But he looks up as he does and sees Tinkerbell floating right in front of his face. And so she kicks him in his nose and knocks him to the ground. What's the meaning of this? You know, I didn't give that much thought. Just doing what my heart tells me. That's mutiny, and go walk the plank for it. So Tara summons his keyblade, but a ticking noise like a clock starts. <gasps> that sound! And Captain Hook turns to see the crocodile in the water uh, with the ticking noise coming straight from it. And Captain Hook takes off running, not even caring to fight Tara in this moment. Hooray! We sure showed Hook this time! Tara releases his keyblade and looks up as Tinkerbell flies around, dropping pixie dust everywhere. And seeing these little lights sparkle down from the sky, he gets a flashback. On that summit of that mountain in the Land of Departure, at the very beginning of the game, when Terra, Aqua, and Ventus were watching the meteor shower, that star up there is another world. And Ventus and Aqua, huh? Terra. Yep, hard to believe there are so many worlds out there besides our own. The light is in their, the light is their hearts, and it's shining down on us like a million lanterns. What? I don't get it. In other words, they're just like you, Ven. What does that mean? You'll find out someday, I'm sure. I want to know now. And uh, all three of them begin laughing, and the flashback ends. And Tara's watching the falling pixie dusk.
Oh, so much for the pirate treasure. Oh. Did you guys really want the jewels and gold that badly? Nah, we don't care about that stuff. But, uh, Pan was counting on us. I'll tell you what. Put the stuff that's really special to you in there. That can be your treasure. Yeah, real swell idea. Thanks. So they pick up this empty chest and leave Skull Rock. Kind of makes me wonder what I'd put in there. And Terra leaves Neverland. He's flying through the lanes between when a light appears in front of him. This light, it's so warm. And then we cut to him standing on the beach at Destiny Islands, staring out at a sunset. He looks down and sees a star-shaped fruit floating in the water and bends down to pick it up. As he does, he hears Aqua's voice in the back of his head. Somewhere out there, there's this tree with star-shaped fruit. Tara looks around for the tree the fruit came from and spots it on a smaller island up ahead. So he walks up to the seaside shack to get up to the, the higher ledge and proceeds through it. And while walking there, he's thinking, Aqua, Ven, I wonder, if we'll, I wonder if we'll ever be a team again. Looks like all the things that once held us together just push us further away. And now the light has led me here. What am I supposed to do? And so he is now up on the higher ledge and starts walking across the bridge. And we hear a little boy, two little boys run by him. And one calls out, Hey, slow down. Would you just wait for me? The other calls out. Giving up already? Come on, Sora. That's enough. I can't run anymore. And the two boys get up on the curved tree that star-shaped fruit came from and sit watching the sunset together on the smaller island. Tara, not gonna approach two children, <laughs> turns back towards the shack, but stops when he notices something. And he turns and looks back at Riku. Light, was I guided here in order to meet that boy? Uh, but he turns back towards the shack. Uh, we don't see what they're talking about, but Sora calls out, Oh, ahoy! We're over here! Riku, I'll race you. First one to the boat gets to be captain. And he jumps off the tree and begins running towards the shack. And Riku's just walking. He doesn't give a shit. Come on, you call that running? Uh, but after going back to the lower area, they they pass. So, yeah, Terra already went to the lower area, and he's just, like, sitting, or like standing at the main beach, just watching. And Sora wa walking past him to go over to the docks slows and watches, but doesn't stop or interact. But Riku stops and comes over to Terra. Hey... Did you come from the outside world? Uh, huh? Why would you say that? Because nobody lives out here, and I know you're not from the main island. Smart kid. So how about you? What are you doing here? Oh, my friend's dad took us out here on the boat. This is where we like to play, but they won't let us row out here by ourselves. Not till we get older. That must be hard, huh? Stuck in one place? And Riku walks towards the water. Walks towards the water. I heard once there was a kid who left for good. And for a split second, we see this child Riku 
fade into the very first image we saw of this game of a a man probably a little older than Riku is after Kingdom Hearts 2 in black with long silver hair staring out at the ocean on this exact beach. But it very quickly cuts back. And then as Riku turns towards Terra, he very quickly fades into an older version of Riku, the Riku from Kingdom Hearts 2, and then back. So how did you get here anyway? Is there some reason you're interested in the outside world? Oh, yeah. I want to be strong one day, like that kid who left. He went to the outside world, and I bet he's really strong now. I know it's out there somewhere. The strength that I need. Strength for what? To protect the things that matter. You know, like my friends. Outside this tiny world is a much bigger one. Tara walks over to Riku and summons his keyblade and holds it handle towards Riku. In your hand, take this key. So long as you have the makings, then through the simple act of taking, its wielder you shall one day be. And you will find me, friend. No ocean will contain you then. No more borders around or below or above, so long as you champion the ones you love. And throughout this, Riku's arm is stretched out and he's holding the handle of Terra's Keyblade. But little boy Sora calls over from the boat, Riku! So Riku take, lets go of Sora's Keyblade and turns towards Sora. Come on, hurry up! Terra releases his Keyblade and Riku waves towards Sora. You've got to keep this a secret, okay? Otherwise, all the magic will wear off. And Riku nods his head, yes. So Terra pats Riku on the head and they both chuckle. And then Riku runs over towards the dock and Sora meets him halfway. Hey, what was all that about? Ah, uh, you know. Know what? Why won't you tell me? Who was that guy? Somebody you know? Maybe. Ah, oh, there you go again. Just tell me. I really can't. I've got to keep it a secret. Not with me, you don't. I'm like the best secret keeper in the world. Nice try. Ah, oh, Riku. To protect the things that matter. Right. My friends matter to me, too. So I still have things I have to protect. And, you know, I think that's where we'll end it. Okay. Might be a little shorter. Ooh. But there's a lot to talk about there and a lot of big things that are about to happen. Okay. A lot of big things. Yeah. So, yeah, I need to explain what just happened with Riku. Mm -hmm. Um, So Tara just did something called a bequeathing ceremony. So this is how people are chosen to wield a keyblade it seems a keyblade master traditionally and though Terra didn't get the title of master from his own master uh master Xehanort has begun calling him master Terra so as far as Terra is aware or concerned he is a master and his bequeathing should be valid so this is why Terra can wield, or not Terra. This is why Riku can wield a Keyblade in the future. And in fact, oh. Riku wasn't wrong at the end of Kingdom Hearts 1 when he told Sora, basically, that's my Keyblade. It was supposed to be Riku's Keyblade. The Kingdom Key. Holy cow. Was, 
was trying to get to Riku, but Riku was falling into darkness at that exact moment. And Sora was right there trying to save him. And so the Keyblade was like, well, I can't fall to the darkness right now. So I'm going to go to that. The next best thing, this boy who's trying to save the boy I'm supposed to go to. You serious? Yeah, kind of. That That's part of the story. And we'll discover more throughout this game. Austin, are you telling me that it's all connected? It's all connected. Oh, I can't man, live like connected. this. I am done with you. I am done with these revelations. My heart can't take it. I'm a fragile flesh vessel. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> so what we see of the bequeathing is that the, you have to touch the keyblade of a master and a master and it seems maybe say those words, but I'll go ahead and spoil. I don't think the words actually matter. I think it's the touching of a master's keyblade, like consensually. <laughs> Which means, you know how Jack Sparrow is always talking about, I want that fucking keyblade. And Sora handed it to him at one point. So I think, technically, there's a chance that Jack Sparrow could in the future wield a Keyblade. Oh. I don't know if it counts because Sora was not technically a Keyblade master. He has not been called master by any other master. And I think that's all it takes to become a master. But I, I suppose it's possible that Jack Sparrow could wield a Keyblade, potentially. I think he should. It'd be Imagine. funny. Yeah. Also, we got to see our first organization member as a somebody. Well, other than Xehanort, you know, we're seeing a whole Xehanort throughout this whole game. But we saw Bragg, who will eventually turn into Zigbar. I was wondering if that was... Yeah. That's our good old as-if boy. He said it a couple times, but not as much as he does in the future. Yes. He was more about calling Zigbar, uh, calling Xehanort an old coot. Yeah, he really got hung up on that phrase. Yeah. But it's interesting because, you know, it's it was clear in Kingdom Hearts 2 that Zigbar might have some plans that don't directly deal with what Xemnas' plans are. Because, remember, he was, like, trying to eavesdrop on Xemnas talking to whatever. But we, what we know was Aqua's Keyblade armor in that cutscene in Kingdom Hearts 2. Um, and now we heard him say, at least to Terra, that what he wants is a Keyblade of his own. Whether or not that's still his goal, he doesn't have one right now, as a, as a nobody, at least. Mm. And I just think it was fun to see little baby Sora and Riku. And we learn that not only does Sora have a mom who called him down for dinner that one time and we never saw her again, but he also had a dad who rode a boat, but we never actually saw him. We just hear that he's there to pick them up. Never saw again. Never saw again. It's not have. even disgusting if Riku has parents. That's, I can't. 
You know Riku has parents because you know Riku is like the cousin that's always at Sora's house. So uh, it's just aunt and uncle Riku and that's fine. They're just out there. Maybe they work a lot. Those yeah, things. probably. Let's go with that. Mm-hmm. And then their children left the world and never came back, basically. Oh my god. I can't think about that side of things. What if they have other siblings? Like, I bet Sora has a baby toddler sister. Sora absolutely has a baby toddler sister. He's getting used to not being the youngest and the baby and, like, the only child. And But mm-hmm. he's also like, I'll protect you at all costs. And he, like, fights off house flies. It's too much. It's far too much. And Riku's definitely a middle child, right? Yes. 100%. Riku's a middle child. And I support him and stand with him. And he deserves some MC time. And we know that Kairi, she's not here yet, but she will eventually come here from another world. So she's presumably adopted by somebody in town. A really nice older sister aunt type. That's who mm-hmm. adopted Kairi. Wait, doesn't she end up staying with the mayor, though? Isn't that, like, mentioned? Like, Yeah, they, they say, like, basically the day or day after that Kyrie showed up uh, that she's staying at the mayor's house, but I'm not sure if that is a permanent thing because we never hear about it again. Mm. But yes, it's possible that the mayor, whoever that is, has adopted Kyrie. Well, you guys have any last thoughts, comments, or questions about this chunk of Terra's story? Big things are coming. Big things are coming. I'll say next episode will be the end of Terra's story. And there's a lot to talk about at the end, I feel like. Am I concerned? You will be. Okay. It'll be a nonstop sadness ride next time. Okay, well, I'll take my meds that day. Just kidding. I won't. <laughs> That's even worse. I know. The implications of the way I said that are totally worse, which was kind of a joke, but I feel obligated to clarify. I don't take those kinds of meds, so I won't take any because I don't normally. Okay, good. Good, good, good. <laughs> Drink water. Stay hydrated, folks. Mm-hmm. Hydration station. Our intro and outro song is dearly reminded by Iano Ultra. You can find his Bandcamp links in the show notes. You can also find a link to our Discord server in the show notes. We do have a new friend to welcome, uh, Toxic Elite 115 TTV. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that's all from us this week. Bye. 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 This world.